I'm Ali Spears, and this is The Dirt, where we dig deep with those helping to feed the world. Episode 30, Marky Hagman. So today I'm sitting down with Marky Hagman, and she is another Californian girl um, who has created a community of... So today I'm super excited to sit down and chat with Marky Hagman. Uh, she's another California girl who has created the community of Girls Eat Beef 2 and has jumped right into raising a, a cattle herd of her own. So Marky, if you would not mind kind of to get things started today, okay. tell us a little bit about your yeah, so uh, thanks for having me on. Of course, this is always fun to to chat with people about my story. Um, it's nice to know that people like to know my story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm from Central California. Um, I'm from the like lower Central Valley, but I currently live in the northern part of the Central Valley now. And um, I, like I tell everyone, I didn't grow up in production agriculture. I, you know grew up with a very limited um, understanding and view of agriculture just because I grew up around it. I was in, you know, I'm in the biggest like dairy area in, you know, California and and the United States really. Um, So I knew that it existed and everything, but I just didn't understand anything about the business side of it. But um, I went to college and had a change of heart, I guess, because I started out as a fashion merchandising major and I was going to move to LA and go to fashion school. Um, and I ended up in college changing my major to animal science and um, tried to do the whole horse thing and realized that that was just not where I was going to find any type of success. And so I bounced around from major to major for years and years. I, I did a lot of different things. And didn't feel like I fit in into any of those. Didn't feel like I, I sat in like my crop science class and my beef production class years and years ago and was like, what are they talking about? (laughs) So I kept changing majors and finally, 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 I landed on agribusiness and um, graduated and now I'm here and I just started my beef herd last May, May of 2020. And, um, I created the Girls Eat Beef 2. That's kind of a whole other story, which I'm sure we'll get to. But I created Girls Eat Beef 2, I think, in like 2017 or 2018. And have just been kind of working on promoting beef and, you know, just diving into the beef industry. So that's kind of where my passion is right now. But I have like a really weird, jagged, like, journey to get to where I am. So it's been interesting. I, I enjoy it, but gosh, I'm, it's exhausting sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, but yeah, you do have such a kind of unique story. Um, obviously the background of things, but then to kind of where you are today, um, that's when I kind of like found you and started like really like paying attention to you and your story. I was like, okay, wow, this girl has um, figured some stuff out for sure. And then we have a lot kind of in common as well. Um, So where at in California are you now exactly? I know you like actual town wise. Um, So I'm in, it's called Hillmar. Okay. And um, a lot of people don't know where that is. So I just usually say like the Turlock area. 
Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm originally from Brentwood, which a lot of people don't know where that is, um, but very close to you. Um, so like Brentwood mm-hmm. is close to like Antioch or Pittsburgh. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, we're not too far from um, each other. If I was still in California, I guess my hometown really. Um, oh, but where are you at now? So I'm in Texas now. Um, I, oh, okay. Yep. After I came here for college and I loved the the Lone Star State so much. So stuck around for a while. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It, it's good to get out of California. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and are you originally from California or were, did you move there? Yeah, no, I'm from, so I'm from okay. Tulare, but I okay. did, um, I talk about Alabama a lot because my family pretty much relocated there and I lived there for a short amount of time, which is why I have the Auburn sweater on. Sorry. Got it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of people are like, you're from Alabama, but I'm actually from California. So gotcha. Um, and so too, like, okay, so let's dive back into kind of what you talked about in the beginning, as far as not having any agriculture background. So how did you go from being a fashion major to then finishing with agribusiness? Okay. So, um, that's where it gets hard because I, I grew up, um, riding horses And we, when I was in like middle school to high school, we lived on about roughly 20 acres and it was just like a horse boarding facility is essentially what it was. So I grew up, um, that was after my parents divorced and my mom moved, you know, to the horse, we called it the ranch, but, um, um, I grew up riding horses and then showing hogs and lambs in 4-H, but you know, when it's just horse stall, like horse boarding facility, you're not really getting a lot of production ag exposure, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's a whole other industry. Right. Um, my parent, my mom and stepdad would buy and sell um, horses just, you know, to train them and break them. But it wasn't anything like anything impressive, you know, by any means. I don't like to brag about it. I learned a lot about horses, but nothing else like almost no other animals we had some goats and we had like roping um steers and things like that but it was a very limited view and I was very young so there's not a lot you can understand at that point anyway well I got into high school and because I was spending like I would spend one week with my mom on the ranch and one week with my dad that's how we split our time and my dad lived in the city and um I don't know why but I think Uh, for some reason, I've just always had a very dramatic personality. And so I was all about, you know, going to LA, I was gonna like, I was gonna become an actress, I was gonna go to fashion school, you know, I think I watched in high school too much of um, the hills, and (laughs) Disney Channel. And that was my problem. So I had these goals, and I was all about it. And I I don't know what happened. My mom, my mom, when I, so in, in high school, I wasn't in FFA. I wasn't in anything. I pretty much stopped riding horses at that point in my life. I was in journalism. I was in yearbook. I was in drama. Um, I took some fashion classes and things like that. And I just like removed myself from our ranch. I was, you know, at dances with friends and stuff all the time. I wasn't on the ranch, which is not normal. I think for a lot of kids who grow up, in the industry, you know, they want to be on the ranch. And me, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this crap. I don't want to sit there and feed the animals all the time. So I just distanced myself and I had that opportunity. I say opportunity, but I, I 
had that because I had that separation between my parents, right? So it, it gave me two totally different lives. Right, I'm sure. Um, so when I like got out of high school and I was telling my mom how I was going to like move to LA, my mom, who is just like a very down to earth, like simple person, she was like, really now? How are you going to pay for that? And then she was like, what about your animals? That is the, I think that was the one thing that made me think, oh yeah, like I had a horse at that time and I had my dog and my cat and she was like, you can't take them with you. Like, you're not going to be able to have your animals. And to me, that was like, oh, wait a second. Like I, my animals are what I really, really love. Right. So then she started talking to me about what my options were um, if I stayed home and she started talking to me about agriculture and she was like, you could do animal science. You could do all these different things. And I think back then I probably had big dreams of becoming a vet, which who doesn't at that right. point, <laughs> right. I quickly learned, no, no, that was not going to happen. But, um, but yeah, so that kind of, that's how it really happened. My mom was a big influence on that. Um, she was the one who like kind of brought me back into the industry. Like she entered me into rodeo queen contests and she told me the reason she did it was because she knew I was kind of pulling away from the ag industry and like, you know, horseback riding. And the only way that she could bring me back in was if she found something that let me dress up and have sparkles. There you go. And that's what I, and that did it. That kind of helped me stay connected a little bit throughout my life. But, um, but yeah, I, I do have her to thank for that. And um, that's how I ended up, you know, transitioning into agriculture and that was just a crazy, that, that's been a crazy journey ever since I did that. So it's, um, it's been very interesting for me, I'd, I'd say. Well, yeah. And kind of, I guess too, the, you had a, like you said, a unique situation where you kind of got the city side of things and the ranch side of things. So the fact that you kind of pulled away and then now ended up back into it is kind of a funny, um, turn of events, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, I think that, um, Honestly, it could have just gone, it could have gone either way, honestly. Like right. I, I, if I were being hundred percent honest with myself, if I could have figured out how to afford LA, I probably would have gone and done that for some time. Right. Just because there's still parts of me that still loves the big city life and still like wishes I had done that. But I do think like it was just a God thing and I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I think that having that, that background of like, kind of not wanting to be in the ag industry has allowed me to connect to people in different ways. Right. So it's, it is, it's useful, but, but yeah, for sure. I, I wish I still would have gone to LA for at least a little bit just to experience it. Yeah. Just to kind of get that taste. But since you kind of just mentioned that too, since ag was kind of your plan B um, and now you have created this platform where you're um, trying to advocate for the ag industry and then also the beef industry as well. How do you think that kind of has helped you maybe relate to some people who are not agriculture background people? So I'm glad you asked that because um, that's kind of how my meme creation started. Um, because I'm such a big, like, I'm not a super like business type person. I'm not a serious person by any means. And I'm definitely like, if I can reference pop culture and thing, like I'm going to do it. And, and to me, like, I love memes and I, I've always loved, you know, the social aspect of like social media and all of those different like TikToks and things like that. Like 
as I'm getting older, it's keeping, it's, it's hard to keep up with that. (laughs) And there's so much all the time, right? (laughs) Oh, I'm like, how do you people have all this time to like learn how to do these like things? But to me, the, the kind of pop culture stuff has always intrigued me. And I think that the memes came in because I realized that in our industry, in social media, especially with our industry, um, it's all pretty the you know pretty the same kind of content, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I and I'm gonna say this is my disclaimer. I love like ranch wives, and I love you know the traditional women of agriculture, but to me, I didn't fit that image, and I felt like I wanted to represent women who were more like me, who you're not going to find me as a ranch wife because that's just never going to happen. And you're not going to find me cooking recipes or anything like that because I'm not a good person in the kitchen. So those memes were like, I knew that I had that niche in social media and I was able to like play on my love of like trendy social media online stuff and also educate about beef. So I pulled both worlds together, I think, with that successfully or not success, successfully, depending on who you ask, maybe. Right. But um, I think that it just really like allowed me to kind of like enjoy the both worlds. Like I'm kind of like the Hannah Montana of agriculture. So okay, I love that. <laughs> so I think that um, that's kind of how I, I tied them together. And I really, I use that to my benefit as much as possible. When I first started, I was terrified of that. When I first started in this industry, I wanted to be like everyone else. I wanted to fit that image. And once I realized that that wasn't getting me anywhere, that I wasn't finding, that I wasn't actually passionate about trying to fit in, when I started playing to my differences and like my love of, you know, my background in like more of the city life kind of area that's when I, that's when my page kind of blew up. And that's when I really found success in advocacy and, you know, and in my, my own personal venture with like my cows and and things like that. Yeah. And how cool for you to be able to find your own way, because I know it gets hard, right? You've the whole compare game, like, okay, they have a beautiful feed and this amount of followers and blah, 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 blah. And so like trying to find your own way through all of that is very complicated. And so I commend you on that. Cause I think you've done a great job in the way that you've done it and you've kept it funny and lighthearted, which is, I think if you can connect to people in that way, I think you're winning at what you're doing anyway. So, um, yeah, commending you on that for sure. Thank you. It's, um, it's definitely difficult And I've noticed this, uh, especially recently, I was telling my boyfriend this the other night, I was like, I don't know why, but the last week I've had a lot of people message me their opinions. And I was like, and they were like me not asking for their opinions. And some of them were rude. And I was like, you know, I know I signed up for this. I know this is how it is, but it like, it is definitely difficult, um, putting yourself out there in this type of way and me trying to keep it lighthearted because I'm like listen like we don't need drama or anything I don't want it but it's like it you definitely get people who um are very opinionated on social media and that's that's discouraging so um I I do think and I, I try to speak very humbly about it because I know I haven't done this on my own I know I've had a lot of friends and connections who have you know people like you who you know, have believed in me and supported me, but I do feel like I am forging this path and 
it's scary because I am trying to do something different and I'm purposely, you know, I, I am different anyway, but I'm purposely trying to play on that and really um, accentuate that. And it's scary because there are a lot of people who don't like it and who are yeah. going to, who are going to tell you they don't like it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opens up to like a whole new level of criticism too, when you're trying to be different <laughs> sometimes. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not the kind of person. I'm so sensitive. Like I'm a big baby. And so I don't take criticism well at all. And I try to remind myself that sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good, but I'm like, sometimes people just message you and you're like, hello, I did not need your negativity today. And I never needed it. So it's just, you know, that's just part of it, but I still, I still love it regardless. I'm going to do it anyway, which I think there's a lot of power in that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And taking kind of a step back because I did, we, I jumped into something because you said something that I was like, perfect, great next question. Um, but let's talk about your page too. And um, it started as a blog, right? Or did it start as a page and then a blog? Kind of walk us through all of that. You know, yeah, um, that's, that's a good question because obviously I, I'm all over the place with everything. Um, so how Girls Eat Beef 2 started was um, I... I do have a blog, by the way, I don't use it anymore, but I did, when I first started advocacy in agriculture in 2017, I started out with a blog, Um, but my Girls Eat Beef 2 page started out as an Instagram page. It was called Girl in a Grocery Store, and it was going to be about me, a single woman, learning how to navigate a grocery store and how to like cook beef and how to do things in the kitchen and I very 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 quickly learned that that was not gonna happen because not your thing huh no 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 no. and I I still my boyfriend cooks all the time like I'm I kind of help I I dabble in it but I am (laughs) not like you do not you will not find me enjoying myself in the kitchen kitchen. I'm like I have an oven mitt that my aunt gave me and it has like a girl on it and it has like an, a ribbon on it and it says most likely to microwave <laughs> that, that, that describes me as a person so um I really need to put that in my bio somewhere. yes yes but, um but so I, I I'm pretty sure I, I can never remember exactly when I started it because there's some blurred lines but I think I started that page either really late 2017 or really early 2018 okay and I started it because I know you didn't ask this, but I started it because um, I was trying to get accepted to the top of the class program, which is I, if the audience doesn't know, is an extension of the Masters of Beef Advocacy program. Okay. Um, MBA is just like it's an, a virtual. Um, it's like a training to learn how to advocate beef, right? And you, it's it's kind of set up like the beef quality assurance. Um, you have like 60 days to um, complete this course and you get a certificate. And anyone who, com- you know, completes that, they can then apply to be top of the class, which top of the class every year, um, they take like, I think just 10 advocates from the beef industry who have applied for this. And they take them for a three-day training um, at the NCBA headquarters in um, Colorado. And so I started this page because I knew at that point that the beef industry was where I wanted to be. And um, I really wanted to start accomplishing things as an advocate. 
And so I applied to that and I applied three times to that and did not get accepted until like the fourth time I applied. But um, that page was to help me establish myself as an advocate. Gotcha. Um, so in all of 2018, I kind of deserted it for a while in 2018 um, because I moved back from Alabama to California and there's a lot going on and I just felt really discouraged. I was like, you know, I don't have anything to post about beef advocacy. I don't know what my messaging is. I have no idea what I want. And so it, um, in 2019, yes, 2019 is when they opened up applications again for top of the class after I'd already been denied like three times. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to apply again. Like I'm going to pick this page back up and I'm going to figure it out. So I applied for top of the class, um, got accepted and I got accepted because I know a, a friend who like referred me and said, you need her in this, like she needs to be here. And I'm so thankful for her. Her, her, her name is Charmaine. And, um, uh, I was told that I was accepted. And so I went to this three-day training with a few, uh, like, I think it was, what, how many did I say? There were 10 of us. Mm -hmm. um, all, they, we were all women, which was really cool. And we we're all from all over the, the United States. And um, uh, I got there and we all started kind of talking about our pages and all these women had like pretty established pages right like they they were doing really good things in the industry and I was this like newbie and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing and over the course of three days um I started thinking what do I want my messaging to be and I knew I wanted it to be like women empowerment like I wanted it to really highlight strong women in the industry and I also wanted to play off the fact that I was a beginner. And yeah. so I wanted it to be a place where people who weren't familiar with the industry or people who were just starting out, they could come and they could realize that, hey, I'm not alone. Like, I don't know a lot about certain things and I don't want to ask the dumb questions. So I want her to answer these dumb questions. I want her to ask these dumb questions right. in the industry. And um, so I just wanted it to be like real. I didn't want, to, I didn't want it to be a platform as, as someone who's been in ad communications, um, I didn't want it to be something where it was like this perfect um, news feed where all the filters were exactly the same and everything was staged. And I, there's no way I can pay a photographer to take that many photos of me. And all those things were, that's awesome. And influencers need to have that, I think, um, in, in a certain aspect. But I wanted to show that you don't have to have that. You don't have to look like everyone else to be an advocate, to be an influencer or to inspire people. So I came away from that three-day training with Girls Eat Beef Too. And that's where that was born. In 2019, I transformed. The end of 2019, I had maybe 800 followers. And I had a goal to get to 1,000 by the end of 2020. And here we are. I'm at like 4,600. So I... I would say I hate to brag about that, but I love to brag about that because it wasn't easy, but it was also amazing because I had so many people who supported me. Um, my friend Katie Schrock is one of them who she really helped boost that. And just, I think I also kind of came into my own when it like came to my messaging. I realized, you know what? I'm not going to pretend like I fit into this industry anymore. I'm just going to show people that, hey, I don't know what I'm doing either. And I'm just going to do it anyway. And so 
that's kind of how, that's the long story of how I, you know, created that page and, and how it exists now. Well, yeah. And I- this episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I think because you have such a unique story of just wanting to be real, and I know everybody says that, and then you go and look at their page and it's perfection, right? But like just the fact that you, exactly what you said, strong women in agriculture who maybe don't have time to sit there with a photographer for 12 hours, or they just want to show what the heck is happening in their daily lives because that's the real part of agriculture. Um, So yeah, I think the way you've done it and the way you've seen your growth through it, um, first of all, yes, it is so stinking hard to grow on social media, whether it's a business or a personal page or whatever you're doing. Um, and then to have the whole agriculture side of things too is, uh, it's a small niche, I think, in the fact that there's like the influencer side of things. Um, like, it's not like fitness. It's not like home decor. Yeah. It's its own thing. And there's a lot of navigating that still has to be done within it, I think. Um, and there's like these top names that everybody knows. And then it's like a drop off after that. And so yeah. I think the fact that you're like able to do it in like a very real way um, with your own spin on it is just so cool because it's it's you. Well, I appreciate that you say that because one, it gives me like confidence too, because I'm definitely still like every day I'm, I'm like, am I doing things right? Like, yeah. And, and if sometimes like, I I try not to get too involved in it, but sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't gotten a couple followers in like, you know, a few days. Mm -hmm. So am I like, I'm done. Great. I'm done. (laughs) But I, you know, I, that's why one, one of my goals too, and even more so this year, I'm wanting to share the advocates that aren't very known. You know, I'm wanting to help people kind of break into it a little bit. Um, And I think, I I think it's hard, you know, there's a reason why those influencers are doing as well as they are. You do put a lot of work into it and it's not something that really happens overnight. Like I know sometimes people might think like when I talk the way I do about my following growing so quickly, I think that they think that it was easy, but it was not. Um, I put a lot of effort into that, but at the same time, like I agree, there are very few um, advocates in our industry that stand out and you know, their stuff is always shared or, you know, they're always talked about or they're always awarded things. I want to be that voice for people who, you know, are like me, who want to be the voice and want to have more recognition. And so I want to help them kind of get to um, a, a bigger point in the industry in advocacy on social media and, and help give tips on like, you know, share stuff that's shareable, share stuff that's savable, share stuff that um, I always hate to tell people this because I'm like, People, I personally think that people don't really care about me on social media. Yes, I feel the same way. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, for the most part, like a stranger isn't following, like I have my own personal social media, like my own personal Instagram. And this is why, this was my trick. This is why I created a whole separate page instead of trying to create it on my personal page. Because most people don't really care about me, but 
they care about my messaging. They care about what I stand for. And, you know, the things that I share and or the things that I create, I try to make those purposely to where I know people are going to share them or I know people are going to relate to them. Um, I try to show a little bit of my life anyway, because I think that's, you know, healthy for social media anyway. But I, it's definitely like it's taken a lot of work for me to like figure out how I can make it work. And so I want to be there for people who are trying to work on that too, because I'm by no means an expert and I'm by no means going to tell you, there are a lot of people that sit here and tell you, always use hashtags. You need to use reels. You need to do all all these like social media trends. And I'm like, let's be real. I'm doing a billion other things in my life and I'm not making, I'm in a sense, I've monetized this page because I, you know, sell like my decals and things like that. And I think it's helped me get a lot of, um, uh, opportunities like doing podcasts like this really cool but realistically I'm like I'm not making money on right. this page right. so I'm not gonna spend all this time like hashtagging the crap out of my oh I guess I can't say crap can I <laughs> <You're I'm good. laughs> hashtagging all of my you know posts on social right. media I'm not gonna sit there and video content is so difficult and you know you could go on and on about the things that you should be doing on your page and I'm like, mm, no, nope, I'm not going to follow that because that's not going to work for me. I, my mental capacity cannot handle that. So I think that's kind of another like angle to my page too, is like helping those people who are trying to grow. So I try to share everyone, like everyone who reshares me or everyone who promotes me, I want to like promote them. I want to help, you know, those people kind of break into the world because we need, I personally think we need more voices we need more diverse voices and we need people from different perspectives and when we have like a handful of advocates who are all the same and constantly sharing their messaging I love a lot of those top advocates but I also don't agree with a lot of them on a lot of things because sometimes I'm like well you look at it from your perspective but this is my perspective and we all need to like hear more of it Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where I'm coming from is just just help the small people you know right I'm the blue collar of the blue collar you know it's like an inception (laughs) right well and I think too um and I want to get into kind of your your heifers and everything too here in a minute um but I think both of us are in a unique position too because we're young right and so Mm -hmm. then people look at us with a couple different things they say oh, you don't have enough experience or you don't live on a cattle ranch with 500 head. Like, how do you know what you're talking about? So Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing too, even personally sharing about what I have going on or what I'm doing with my one bottle calf that I have now in Texas. Like, I feel weird posting that because it's like, am I, yes, I have a really strong agriculture background, but am I enough to be able to be putting these messages out there type of situation? So I think that's also a challenging thing for people of our age group and, um, you know, adds into the whole women in agriculture, young women in agriculture and all of that kind of stuff too. Well, yeah, I'm like, I wish I could do like the preach emoji right now because yes (laughs) to all of that, but okay. So I feel the exact same as you. Like sometimes I feel so ridiculous posting about my three cows. Yes. I'm like, these are my cows. Like I can count all of them and I don't have to worry about what kind of record book I have because I literally can keep track of them no matter what I'm doing. But I think that it's important. And I I hope I've shown you that. I think it's important to be like, yeah, I'm proud of this animal that I have. I 
am putting all of my effort into this animal. And one day I'm hopefully going to have, you know, a lot more of them. Mm -hmm. And that's why my motto is, you know, like start slow, start small, start simple, because not all of us inherit. And I can't say, I don't like this point of view. Like not all of us inherited land. Not all of us inherited a family business. Not all of us had anything to go back to right, right after college. And a lot of people who have done that, they also, it, it also isn't easy for them. It's not like they were just like, oh, here's land here. Take it. Right. But you know, they were given a, an advantage that maybe someone like myself or I, you know, I'm assuming you didn't have, like we have the background in agriculture in different ways, but we didn't have the access to the resources that allow us to just easily have a hundred head of cattle mm -hmm. or, you know, anything like that. I'm paying everything with my heifers right now. Everything I've done has been out of pocket right. and that is not cheap. And I'm also not working full time right now. I'm going back to school. So it's, I'm literally putting my heart and soul and, you know, a lot of things into these heifers and that's what I can handle right now. And so I think that it's just important. My story is important in the sense that not that I'm achieving all these crazy cool things. Like it's not like I'm running a huge operation. It's just that I'm going for it and I'm sharing it and I'm being proud of it because a lot of people realistically are in our situation, right. I think. Well, and you're I, doing it, right? You're doing it and you're doing it your own way. Yeah. Yes. And I think that that's, I, there's like, I keep seeing quotes about this and it irritates me because it's like on all of these like influencer pages about like, um, hustle quietly or something like that. And one, I hate the word hustle. Cause honestly, like I, I almost posted a video about this on my page earlier, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not about the hustle. I'm like about the like self-care and like R and R and like <laughs> binging. And, um, uh, I think that, so there was a quote and it's, you know, it's like, you know, hustle quietly. And I'm like, no, be proud of the things you're doing. Even if you haven't like gotten to the level that you want to get to shout it to the world and be like, I'm doing work for this. And I'm not going to be quiet about it because this is hard. So, you know, like be proud of, be proud of what you have, even if it's one animal, even right. if it's, you know, like, even if you're having to do things like me, where I have to like physically measure my animals, like girth and everything, like that's cool. And I think a lot of people liked that because they were like, I didn't realize you could do yeah. that. It's like, it, it's things like that where I think some people would be embarrassed by it. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to be resourceful about it. And, you know, it, it's just a, a different perspective. Right. And not a lot of people get to see that. And I think that's what people enjoy about it. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of, I mean, your cattle and everything. So let's talk about that, about how you acquired them. Cause you got them in a unique way and then kind of like your plans with them too. Yeah. So, okay. So in, uh, the beginning of 2020, I had like written down some goals, um, of what I wanted to hopefully accomplish. And a few of those pretty much revolved around my, my heifer. Well, I didn't even have cattle at that point. Right. It, it, it revolved around my dreams of having cows. Um, so at that point I had been kind of really wanting to be a part of the ranching industry for three years at that point. And, um, so I, it, it was in May in 2020. So, and like 
I think a month or so before that, maybe a little bit before, I called a few people and was like, hey, I'm wanting to get cattle. And so, you know, when everything, when coronavirus and stuff kind of started and, and we all got the stimulus check or most of us did, um, that was kind of what funded the, the animals. And um, when I was like, I'm going to do this. I called people. I called some, like my uncle and my stepdad who have been in the industry for some time. And I said, Hey, I want to do this. Like, what do I need to know? Where should I go? Like just trying to get everything straight. Right. So can you go lay down, go lay down. Sorry. She's like pushing my coffee table. Um, um, and I was like, you know, what, what do I need to have ready for this. So they told me everything and I ended up calling a stockyard um, in my home county. And I told him, I was like, I'm new to this. This is what I'm looking for. Um, and he was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get you everything that you need. Here's someone that should be bringing in. At that point, I was actually only going to do steers. I was going to do feeder steers. Um, and he was like, we have someone who brings them in. Like, I'll call you when he brings them. Well, about a week, I think it was a week or so before I was even supposed to like go get the steers. Um, uh, the stockyards owner called me and he was like, so we don't have the steers, but I do have some heifers in right now. Like, would you be interested? Well, when I first kind of started dreaming about having my own operation, I wanted to, I wanted cow calf. Um, Cause that's what my stepdad does in Alabama. And I was briefly kind of exposed to that. Um, while we lived there and you know I'm a woman I love babies like I love the so but as a beginner I was like that's daunting because yeah. you're gonna deal with that well I didn't listen to my gut I was just like <laughs> okay whatever yes I'm gonna do it and um I gotta move my and um I was like sure I'll do it and so I think it was like maybe two weeks or so later I went and picked them up and so it turns out that they came from the sheriff's uh, facility in Tulare County. And I found out that I actually had already known because I wrote an article on it like a month before um, that the inmates had raised these heifers. And um, I was like, this is so cool. I just wrote about this, like way to come full circle. Totally. So um, yeah, so I got them in, in like Mother's Day weekend. And, um, and it's been quite a journey since then. It's there. I've learned so much and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's not been easy, but I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. And so now I saw too, that you've had a nutritionist kind of look at the, the feed and everything that you're doing. And they, uh, were just cleared for, um, breeding too, weren't they? Yeah. So, um, that's, that's the other thing about like being a beginner in all of this is, you don't do it alone. Like there's no part of this that I've been able to do alone. I've done a lot of like research and Googling, mm -hmm. but for the most part, like I've had, I have a friend who is a nutritionist and thankfully, like he kind of walked me through what I needed to know about my hay and like how to test it. Um, and then I connected with a vet who, um, he's younger, like he's about my age, which is really nice because I think he's easier to communicate with. Right. Um, and he's been willing to come out he's been willing to come out and deal with my little like pin set up because I don't have a shoot yet. And thankfully he's been really patient about it because the last time was a little bit dramatic, but, um, 
Yeah, so he gave them the clear uh, to breed. And I actually, just this morning, um, one of my other friends who he actually works for Select Sires, okay. and he, I, I'll have to give him a shout out because he owns um, Sustaina Beef, which is a page that I, I usually interact with and share on my page a lot. But um, he just uh, ordered the bull semen for me this morning. And so we're going to be... Oh, I'm so stressed out about it. We're going to be breeding right around Valentine's Day is what the goal is. So my challenge with it, just to add another, you know, thing to my stress. So I'm starting an intern program with my teaching credential in the fall. So I'll be a teacher while working, you know, or going back to school. So I'll be going to school teaching. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be calving as well. My first time with these heifers that are first time calvers right. I was like this is not a good thing <laughs> why did I do this <laughs> yeah I was like oh my gosh so I'm trying to like target it to like Thanksgiving break as best as possible I know I can't control that but that is my goal and so that's a whole other like wrench into everything because I now I'm like really on a timeline and I'm yeah. like I've got a lot of things going on so it'll be interesting I'm praying that everything goes well and that's why I'm like really focusing on like my calving knees and everything on my bulls because I'm like I just I don't need to worry about anything else right now I just need them to shoot out and just (laughs) go once they land so we'll see how it goes and of course I'll keep everyone updated on all of that and um, hopefully this weekend we'll actually be purchasing a head gate and having our own little like creating our own little facilities so we don't have any more crazy um, setup for everything but it's been fun. Uh, maybe for just me and not anyone else involved, but my poor boyfriend, he's like, he's this big, like six, what is he? Six, two, like uh, just this big old guy. And he has to do everything for me because he's big and like can do all the heavy lifting. So me, I'm like, oh, that was fun. That was a good time. And he was like, they stepped on me. I was like, having to keep the panels together. And I'm like, I'm really sorry, but but it's been, it's been great. It's, it's good to know people in the industry. For oh, sure. for sure. Yeah, definitely. The industry is small, but like, or it's big, but it's small when you mm-hmm. can know people and rely on them. It's definitely helpful. Yes. Yes. And now that you are in and you're committed with heifers and you're full blown in agriculture now, what has kind of been your favorite part about being involved in the industry? You know, I think that there's a lot that I love about it, but I think the community, um, which is an interesting thing for me to say, because I'm not like a, I I hate to say this because it makes me sound awful, but I'm not a people person. Like I, I find it hard for me to socialize sometimes. And I do find myself just wanting to hang out with my cows and not like talk to people. Mm -hmm. But I think that I'm learning that there are a lot of really cool people in this industry that they've come to me and said, I want to help you. And whether or not they also benefited from that, it's just nice to know that people can sit there and like answer my questions without judgment or understand that I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. And they're still willing to not criticize me for any mistakes I've made. They're just like, Hey, you're doing what you can. Like you're going to make mistakes it, they're being the cheerleaders that they don't have to be. Right. And I think that that's amazing because I do think that there's a stigma and I, I know that there 
there has there is a reason there's a stigma because you get some people who are like crotchety and like you know this is the way that we have to do it and I don't want any young people involved in this I don't want any women who don't know what they're doing involved like there are some people who are like that right in this industry and so it's nice it's refreshing to like just know that there are people that are like cheering you on and like celebrating your differences and celebrating the fact that you're wanting to be a part of this industry rather than trying to be like you you can't sit with us totally yep so that's been what's really cool and you know that like going to cattle con and you know being a part of my county cattle women's and things like that no one ever said marky you can't do it marky not true. I've had some people who have directly told me, and I've posted about that, like people who have directly told me, like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't belong in this. Um, but most, for the most part, I've had these women in my like cattle women's group or, you know, people at cattle con and things like that who have said like, you're welcome here. Like, we're going to accept you and you don't even have to have cows to be a part of this. So it's just been really cool to to learn that there are some amazing people in this industry. Yeah, that's for sure. I can definitely attest to that as well. Uh, the The agriculture community is one that's really kind of unlike any other. <laughs> yeah, yes, that is very true. Well, Marky, I wanted to say thank you uh, so much for spending time with me today. And to close out, The Dirt has a new feature. We are going to do rapid fire questions at the end of every episode. Oh, at the end of every episode. That was a mouthful. Um, so if you're ready, I will start with the first one. Okay, um, I don't know if I'm ready, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> that's my that's my motto, right? I don't know okay. if I'm ready. I'm do it anyway. <laughs> so if you could uh, pick any superpower, what would you pick? Oh, um, wow. This is supposed to be rapid fire and I don't even know. I think it would be like, it would be like being able to um, uh, control time. Like I'm all about like Doctor Strange and everything, um, like Marvel superheroes. And I think that that's really cool because I would just go all over the place with that. Alrighty, the next one is your favorite holiday. Oh, Christmas, hands down. Oh my gosh, you should have seen my house. Like we just <laughs> bought a house like in November and uh, it, I don't even have any like normal decorations. We just put up all Christmas decorations and now that we took them down like the house is empty because empty. I just put up all Christmas decorations so yeah 100% my favorite holiday me too I love Christmas yeah <laughs> the last one is if you could travel anywhere where would you go oh anywhere in the mountains um I love to be in the mountains so it, it doesn't matter where I just just go as long as it's not snowing I hate the snow I so. see I'm, I'm not I like the snow until it just snowed here and I was like yeah I could never never live in the snow <laughs> yeah I don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> um okay so yeah Marky thank you so much for chatting with me today um I have really enjoyed our time together um but where can people connect with you if they're wanting to follow along or get in touch so obviously they can go to um, girls eat beef too on Instagram or Facebook um, and otherwise, if they want to follow along in like my personal, you know, life and everything, um, my, my bad takes on life and stuff, they can follow um, my, my personal pages, Marky Hageman on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Great. Well, um, everybody be sure to follow Marky and uh, I look forward to seeing 
the the girls get bred and hopefully have some cows on the ground soon, right? Yes, I have baby fever so bad. <laughs> well, thank you, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Dirt. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Ag Chicks and that the visual version of every episode can be found on YouTube on our Ag Chicks channel. We'll see y'all next time.